From CBC Radio and PRI, Public Radio International, this is Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein. Part two of today's show, What's Past is Past. I started going out with Esther in grade five. Back then, the school had this thing called Hot Dog Day, and that was where I first really noticed her. Hot Dog Day happened each Wednesday, and hot dogs were sold in the cafeteria for 25 cents each. The lunch ladies put bowls of mustard, relish, and ketchup out on the tables, which you applied to your hot dog using a popsicle stick. Barry Spivak, the fattest kid in the school, was the star of Hot Dog Day. Barry ate nine hot dogs in a row, and it was a kind of event. All the kids stood around him, watching as he ate, while shouting out the number of hot dogs he had reached. The lunch mothers shook their heads, and the kids applauded and laughed. I stood in the crowd watching quietly, and so did Esther. Also in the crowd that day was a boy named Glenn Marshall. Glenn was in grade six, and he sang songs by Cheap Trick while smacking smaller kids on the head and beat to the music. Glenn was always laying it into Barry, about how Barry was a disgrace, and how he probably had to be airlifted to school each day. On this particular hot dog day, Glenn walked up behind Barry, who was sitting at the cafeteria table eating his franks, and just as matter-of-fact as if he was dropping a letter in a mailbox, he pulled the back of Barry's pants out and poured a whole bowl of mustard down there. I looked at Glenn, and Glenn had no expression on his face. I looked at Barry, who just sat there squeezing a hot dog in his hand. I looked at Esther, who looked at Glenn, and said, You jerk! You stupid jerk! Glenn shrugged his shoulders and walked away. I would think back to the mustard incident for many years to come, just thinking about what it must have felt like for Barry to have had mustard dripping down the back of his pants, cold and unexpected. And the next thing I know, I feel like mashing the tip of a gun against someone's face. For Barry and for myself. But mostly, for myself. But just then, hearing Esther call Glenn a jerk struck me as a very mature thing to do. Esther and me, me and Esther, we cared about people. Even though we were only in grade five, we really gave a damn about Barry's feelings. Of course, I hadn't actually done or said anything, and it wasn't like Esther had gone running to get paper towels, but we had sympathized. I wasn't as bad off as Barry, but I did have my share of problems, and I knew right then and there how great it would be to have a girl like Esther in my life, calling people jerks in my defense and such. Shortly after, I made it my business to become friends with her. In class, I chose her as my arts and crafts partner, and with delicate, agile fingers, we glued cotton balls onto construction paper. During recess, we talked about television, and a couple of times, she even brought me sandwiches to school. Sandwiches we ate outside in the schoolyard, picnic style. My mother's sandwiches were sloppy and somewhat ridiculous, but Esther's sandwiches were tight, neat little things and I appreciated each bite. Soon we started going to each other's houses after school. I lived in an upstairs duplex, but Esther's house had three carpeted floors, and there was something about being there that made me feel like I was on TV. Then one day, while Esther was at my house, 
we decided to make imprints of different things onto a piece of silly putty. We pressed the putty onto panels in a comic book, onto the sides of an ashtray, a keyhole, and finally, onto my family's one rug, a shag throw rug in the living room. It was there, on the rug, that the silly putty became stuck. My mother, walking into the room and seeing us attempt to pick the gummy substance off her beloved carpet, let out a screech that was as loud and jarring as a car alarm. Esther covered her ears, got up, and ran to the front door. My mother fell to the ground, right in front of the silly putty, and weepingly repeated over and over, What have you done? What have you done? I walked over to the living room picture window and looked out at Esther, who ran down the sidewalk, her hands still clamped over her ears. After that day, Esther and I never ate lunch together and never worked on arts and crafts. In fact, after that day, we never spoke to each other. It was two years later, when I was in grade seven, and grade five felt like a million years ago, that I was out riding my bicycle and found myself in Esther's neighborhood. I was no longer in my neighborhood. I was in her neighborhood. It was new and unfamiliar. Yes, it looked like my neighborhood, but it was different in little ways and not altogether right somehow. And it all happened just like that. I decided I was going to go to Esther's house. Yes, everything we had been to each other was long ago in the past. But still, since I was so close by, I decided it was just the thing to do. I would go by her house, and from there, in the tradition of jazz greats past, I would improvise. From across the street, I watched her house. It was very quiet. My own house was rarely quiet, and so I was impressed and intimidated. I went over my options. I could ring her doorbell. It's me, I could say. I was just in your neck of the woods. I still remember your sandwiches. You were the best thing that ever happened to me. I knew that no matter what I'd say, it would be a stupid thing to say. So I just stood there, watching her house from across the street, like it was a sleeping elephant, fat with danger and life. I could lie down on my stomach at the side of her house. I could look into her basement window. I could stay there for a long time, just waiting for things to happen. Eventually, something would have to happen. I could kiss the ground just outside her window. The ground was connected to her. I knew that. How many more days until grad? On Monday. That's like the grad ceremony. Mm-hmm. During this time leading up to uh, your, your son's uh, graduation, do you, do you find yourself trying to imagine what the grad night is going to be like? Yeah, I do. I do think what it's going to be like for me because, you know, really I don't want to get all emotional about it, but I know myself and I know that I probably <laughs> I probably will. Why, are you, you a crier? <laughs> I am, and I hate it about myself. I get, you know, just the sappiest things will set me off. And um, I'll desperately not want to get sucked into it, but I'm sure I probably will be. 
And I'm also, you know, my daughter, my 14-year-old daughter will be with us. And, um, you know, if I start bawling my head off, she'll probably be mortified. So there's... <laughs> so who, who else is going to be coming? Well, my husband will be at the grad and um, his sister and my mom, his grandma, and also his other grandma. Um, the person who probably won't be there is um, is his biological father, and this is, you know, he hasn't seen him since he was four or five years old anyway. There have been significant moments in my son's life where you wonder, well, this would be a kind of monumental time for him to reappear in um, the kid's life. and, and um, Every time he has a birthday, I think, well, maybe, you know, and the phone rings, it'll be like, hey, you know, hmm. wonder who that's going to be. Or maybe big, you know, tournaments or whatever, and, you know, where my son is the MVP or whatever, right? And, and then you think, da-da-da-da, and, you know, the orchestra is cute, and, and the cameras are rolling, and you kind of, you know, you, you, can't, you just can't help but, but think of those, those times that are so significant in the kid's life where it's just normal that parents are there, that grandparents' parents are there, that family is there. So you just automatically make that next step in your mind, you know, well, like, who's missing from this picture, right? And, well, you know, maybe he'll actually show up. There's always that little, you know, just that tiny little, I wouldn't call it a spark, but, you know, just a little, <laughs> you know, ember that, mm -hmm. you know, sort of, it's a little pinprick of hope. Um, so I'll, I'll call you back in a few days and we'll see, and we'll see how it all went. Sure. And, uh, and we'll talk. Yeah. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. So it's uh, it's a few days later now. Mm -hmm. uh, grad has come and gone. Mm -hmm. So how did it go? Actually, it was kind of it was kind of great because I didn't get I didn't get Misty's and tear up the way I thought that I might. You know, it was a surprisingly raucous affair, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Even though it was held in a church, and it was a really beautiful, warm, warm summer night, and. Uh, Earlier that day, the day of the grad, I was driving along, and I I dropped my son off at the school because he wanted to, I don't know, he had something to pick up or something, and I realized that it was, you know, this is the last time that I'm going to drop this kid off at the school. And, um, and I kind of got a little oh, sort of choked up then, and after I dropped him off to school, he had said, you know, wow, well, do you know of anybody else who's coming to the grad? You know, for him, right? And I said, well, no, there's going to be this person, this person, this person. He said, okay, well, that's, that's almost everybody. And we just kind of looked at each other and smiled, and then it passed. I think that part of my deal with, with kind of worrying about it was during my grad, and I don't know if I mentioned this um, when we first talked on the phone, but... My dad wasn't able to come to my grad, and that, was, and that was part of the reason, you know, why I even bothered going to my graduation ceremony, because I thought it would really please. My mom didn't really care. I mean, she was, you know, pleased and everything, but, you know, it wasn't a big deal. And, uh, but it was a big deal for my dad, but then he was sick, and he couldn't, and he couldn't come to the grad. He had health problems sort of off and on, and, uh, you know, so it wasn't a big surprise or anything like that, but it was still pretty disappointing.
So maybe that was part of my feeling about my son's dress. And dad's. And dad's, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't show up. Your ex didn't show up? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. As, you know, as I had suspected. Was there a moment during the ceremony where you felt like, okay, now, like... You now know, would all, be the all, moment? Now would be the moment. All the yeah, dramatic cues have been... It did. At one time, at one point in the whole ceremony, actually, my son got um, the gold medal social studies award, mm-hmm. and he went up there, and his teacher was um, full of praise and everything, and... So and and right at that moment, I kind of I kind of thought, oh okay, I should you know, <laughs> I should turn around and look now. Maybe he's standing at the back, and somehow he found out about this, and he's here. So I just I even did I you know looked over my shoulder, but it was just kind of a thing. You know how after my own dad died, for instance, you know you're always kind of thinking that you see this person mm-hmm. on the street. You know for a long time after people have lost somebody, you think, oh that that could be, or you know, or maybe that's you know so and so. And it was kind of one of those moments where. You just know that obviously it's not, but you play along with it. You let your mind go there. What What are the feelings? Is it just sort of like is Is there a sense of relief? Yeah, it'd be a common. Yeah, it'd be a combination of relief and disappointment, though. Relief that you know he actually wasn't there. Disappointment that he actually wasn't there. And um, you know, rolling your eyes at yourself a little bit, going, Oh God, you know, <laughs> why do you Why do you persistently hope or conversely not hope for this thing? You need to check yourself. Hello. Hey, Josh. Yeah, John, what's up? I'm putting together a mixtape for my mom's birthday. And, um... Uh, you know, I'm putting, like, all my mom's favorite songs on, on this tape. Like, what have I got on there? I've got, like, some Barry Manilow, like, Mandy. She loves that. Cool. I've, I've got uh, the theme song from The Young and the Restless. The reason I'm calling you is um, is because uh, her favorite song of all time that I need to put on this tape is James Taylor's Handyman. And I remember that you have James Taylor's greatest hits. The song Handyman. Yes, Handyman. By James Taylor. Yeah, it's it's one of my mother's favorite songs. This is something you're going to give to your own mother for her birthday? Yeah, I'm trying to put together a tape of things that she'll like. It's not, it's not the kind of song one gives to one's mother. If your broken heart should need repair, then I'm the man to see. I whisper sweet things you tell all your friends. They'll come running to me. Are you sure you want your mother's friend Irma Goldfarb to come running to you and you take care of what's going on? Here's the main thing I want to say. Josh, you're 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 being you're being too literal about Here the whole thing. Here is the main thing I want to say. I'm busy 24 hours a day. I fix broken hearts. I know that I truly can. I'm your handyman. John, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you see yourself as your mother's handyman? I really think you're being Do too. Do you see yourself? Have you ever thought of yourself in in handyman terms in relation to your mother? It's not like I'm serenading each song to her. You know, they're, they're just songs that she likes. No, you they're know? not just songs that she likes. Why don't you put on I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles? You see, I don't want to. By your reasoning, it would mean that I'm saying I'm telling my mother that I want to hold her hand. I'm, it's, you know. Who, who doesn't want to hold their mother's hand? It's, it's a loving gesture. Anyway, I need I need a handyman for this mixtape. Actually, I don't even have it anymore. Why don't you just get it on a CD? 
No, I can't. The the, the whole because the whole mixtape is composed of only songs from vinyl. Oh God! It's for it's for texture. Texture is what one looks for in a carpet. Not what what what, what happened to your record? Uh, I just don't have it anymore. Well, what happened to it? Things just don't disappear. I just I'm not in possession of it. Well, wh who's in possession of it? That's none of your business, quite frankly. Why why are you being so defensive? I'm not being defensive at all. I'm just... Who has your record? Um, Susie. Susie? Your ex-girlfriend Susie? Yeah. You know any other Susies? Look, we broke up about uh, eight months ago, I, and I just, I needed, I couldn't handle things. So I just left everything. I left all my records at her place. I haven't spoken to her since. What can I say? Well, I, I mean, it sounds to me like just, I mean, forget about the whole James Taylor record. I mean, it just sounds to me like you, you, you might benefit by a little bit of closure. That's quite possibly, and, and I say this with some degree of amazement, that's quite possibly the most self-satisfied, smug, arrogant, condescending thing you've ever said to me. Clearly, it's about your stupid James Taylor thing. It has nothing to do with the James Taylor. It Ta has everything to do with the James. I've never heard you ask me about Susie before. I've never heard you commiserate with me over over how hard it is to keep up relationship in today's world. Hey, I spoke with you. I remember talking with you after that breakup. You asked me if I wanted to go out and buy wine coolers with you, and then you never mentioned it again. No, I, I brought up the wine coolers because I thought you might want to drown your sorrows. But you didn't even know what my sorrows were. I, anyway. I re no, I remember it had something. You called Susie Ethel once. Completely unselfconscious. She really looks an inc like she, I have this cousin Ethel that she is a dead ringer for. It's insane. She doesn't look. She didn't look like a Susie. Well, you know what? I'm sure it would be useful for me at some point to confront my sorrow and blah blah blah. But I'm not going to do it for a goddamn James Taylor record. Look, no, it's important for me. Well, look, forget about the well, that's James. That's the honest thing you've said so far. No, no, no. It, I mean, let's just forget about the whole James Taylor. You're, you're speaking to me from grief. I don't think you've actually allowed yourself to heal since the breakup. Mm -hmm. And I think that a part of the healing process for you might be actually Singer once again to maybe hash it out a bit. Mm -hmm. why, why did you guys break up anyway? I, there are all kinds of difficulties, you know, all kinds. She didn't support me in my desire to go back to, uh, to college to study um, agricultural engineering. We just weren't, get, we just weren't getting... Um... Did you just turn on your radio? Because I'm hearing music now. You turn that off. You know, it's just it's just a little bit of scoring music. Just keep talking. Ignore it. Scoring music. And I'm just putting a little bit of scoring music under you. It it, it sort of um, it it. it You're placing it, music on purpose under our conversation. Yeah, it's it's because when when it plays on the radio, it's gonna it's actually gonna have more emotional on, kick. On on the radio. Yeah. It's 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 nice, isn't it? You must be joking. You're going to put this on the radio. This conversation. You've been tape recording our conversation the whole time. Yeah, I asked you at the beginning of the conversation. I said, No, I'm, no, you didn't. I did, you weren't listening. You called me up and you asked me to get you a James Taylor song. No, I'm pretty sure I. I, 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 I wow. Wow. Anyway, look, forget, let, let's not deal with all that stuff right now. Right now, we're just we're talking about you and your and, and your closure with with uh, with uh, with Susie. Yeah, you have to think for a minute there, eh? You're gonna say Apple. Let's let the healing begin. I know how sometimes you could end up making things into a bigger deal in your mind. I think if you saw her. It would, it would help you to just kind of move on.
I mean, you must have, like, fond memories of her also. You know, like, it doesn't all have to be bad. I mean, well, I think... Well, the thing about the, my fond memories of her is that they're always tainted, right? I mean, uh, that night when, when uh, it was it was her birthday. We were we were singing Suzy Q at karaoke, and we were both getting so hammered, and it was a lot of fun. But then, of course, later on that night, what did she do? It turns out she was fooling around with Olaf, her TA, in the bathroom. Well, you know what? I think it's more important to remember the good and just let go of the bad. Uh, maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know if it's the right decision. You know, like, 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 think of it as, you know, it's it's sort of like you've had a loved one die, and 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 you just and you didn't attend the funeral. I think now it's time for you. Enough time has passed. I think it's time for you to attend the funeral of your of your dead love. Well, you know, I, uh, I certainly don't like the way you put that, but. Whatever, it's got to happen sooner or later. Might as well be now. I'm That's the sure. attitude. That's right. I'm not sure it's for the best, but what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, absolutely nothing else but do what you got to do. There's nothing else to do. You go do it, and uh, while you're doing it, uh, pick up the uh, pick up that James Taylor album. Yeah, oh, you, you you certainly never uh, never lost focus on that. Okay. Fine. All right. Fine. What can I say? Fine. All right. Uh, good luck. Thank you. Call me later. Fine. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, well, how, how, so how did it go with Susie? Yeah, probably not a good idea to call in the first place. Why? It's just not a good idea. Well, did you, you know, did you... Did I what? Did you get closure? Closure? Yeah. I think you should closure your big mouth there right now. Er. You know, you're... I'm not in the mood for this. Well, I'm sorry. Well, clearly something, something happened to, um... Something happened to you. It's all your fault. Why is it? Goddamn James Taylor. So what happened? So you called her up and? You know, I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't nice. It was nice. I hadn't See? Are you quite finished? We're reminiscing. Things are going much better than I expected. Great. And, and, and yeah, great. And... It reminded me of why I liked Susie in the first place, why we were such a good fit. I mean, it, it was just like slipping into our old routines, you know. It, after the initial like, minute or two of, of sort of fumbling, it was so warm, you know. It was just like, oh, yeah, this is natural. This is what it's like. And um, then, uh, then it happened. What, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. You are the one who put me up to this. You're the one to blame for all this. I meant well. You actually said that in a robotic tone. I meant well. I need record for mothership. Where is record? Where is record? Can you just tell me where what? is record? Come on. So what happened? So you're talking to her and in the middle of really at the peak of how I was feeling, she she covers the receiver with her hand, and I hear her go. She giggles. Okay, she doesn't laugh. She giggles and says. Stop it! Come on! And then continues on with the conversation. From that comment, you're assuming that she might have been there with with a man. I'm going to repeat what you just said. 
from her comments, I'm assuming you think that she's there with a man. What are you, a guidance counselor? She doesn't love me anymore. I have spent the last eight months trying to hide in a goddamn hole so I don't have to face the reality of her being with someone else. And then you, 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 as much as I try to get out, you pull me back in. She could have been talking to anybody. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a man. Oh, you just want your record. You'll say anything now to calm me down, just to get the record. Look, she was with a man. And what's more, a naked man. Now, how could you tell it was a naked man? You know, there are different laughs for different situations. This was a... Oh, stop twisting my bra strap laugh. Tom, stop. Not in front of Jaws. This was a little giggle, a shared little private joke with little eye contact with Billy or Stan or Ivan, whoever she was with at the time, getting it on. Why do you do this to yourself? Why would you, why would you create I didn't do it to myself. You did it to me. You! So, so what you're telling me is that you're, you're not going to end up getting together for coffee or tea or anything. Oh, no, I never said that. No? No. Well, how do you, what, what do you mean? It means I uh, got together with her already. Oh you, oh, you did? What choice did I have? Previously in the conversation, we'd already made plans to see each other, and I wasn't about to back out. I was to go to her house, uh, her new house, part of her new life, and um, I was going to pick up the records. And then we were going to go out to Rockaberries, where we used to get our, um, you know, the pie there, the blueberry pie. I get up to her door, and, and I see a little uh, yellow uh, sticky note on the door. Here's the sticky note. Oh, you have it? Oh, yes. Can, can I read it to you? Yes, could you? Hey, Joshy. Um, Joshy? Yes, Joshy. Inside napping, totally wiped. Oh, so sorry. Here's your stuff, dot, dot, dot. And keep in touch, K, question mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. I gathered up my records, which had been left in a plastic bag leaning against the door. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot of punctuation she uses. Yeah. She peppered the, uh, the post-it note with a couple of ellipses there. You know, you know, it's actually kind of ironic that, that you say that, because I believe she was locking ellipses with her little fellow inside. Well, we, you know, we, we don't know that. Um, you know, she. I know that. I went around. I looked in the window. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You did not. Oh, I most certainly did. You went around. That's correct. You, you, like a peeping tom. I can't believe this. You, and, act... yet, and yet it's true. Well, 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 what did you see? She was there. She wasn't napping. She was there with some guy. Nice little uh, domestic scene, making pancakes. And you know what she was doing? She was cutting up bananas. Just like she used to do for me, tiny little pieces, you know, just so, throwing them into the batter so they're baked right into the pancake, which is something that she, she claimed that she only did for me. It was my special dish. And you know what I did, John? I just, I just ran. I wasn't thinking. I was, I was out of my mind. I just ran and ran. I was a couple blocks away. I realized I didn't even have the records. I left them there leaning against the house. You know, I don't have your James Taylor record. I'm sorry, but that's it. I can't, I can't go back. That's, that's, that's cool. You know, don't. Hey, hey, thanks, brah. I appreciate that. Damn right, it's cool. Yeah, it, it's it's fine, Josh. You were, I think you were very brave in going over there. Oh, thank you, thank you. Any other more any more patronizing comments you want to make, my main man? Huh? 
No. The James I... Taylor Nizzy on the Shinizzy? Oh, oh, listen. Oh, he's scoring again, eh? All of a sudden, there's music. You have no shit. Is that what I think it is? It's, it's, a, it's a little handyman. It is, isn't it? I you're thought you're playing the song Handyman. I thought you could use a little handyman. You're playing the song that you just humiliated me for, and yet you have it. Oh, I don't have it on vinyl. Let's just the two of us, two friends, just sit back and, and listen to the song. Let it wash over you. Let it soothe you a little. Great really? song, yeah. It really is a nice song. Yeah, it really manages to capture something, you know, capture something really elusive and, and delicate. I want to be very clear about a couple of things, John. I hate this song. Moreover, I hate James Taylor. I even hate all handymen of the world. And But most of all, I hate you. I hate you for what you've reduced me to. I didn't even get to go to Rockaberries. I didn't get the records. I got nothing. You want to know? You want to know what you've done to me? You've neutered me. I don't even want to The voices you heard in part two of Wiretap were Mary Sweetwater and Joshua Carpati. Wiretap is written and performed by Jonathan Goldstein and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Sarah Gilbert and Carolyn Warren. Production help from Mira Bertwintonic. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap.